again this morning, especially you visitors. Uh, I probably would have done a little different sermon had I known we were going to have so many visitors here. But uh, no, I wouldn't have. But this is uh, a sermon that you won't hear anywhere in the state of Florida today, or probably not anywhere. Uh, I was thinking that, let's say next Sunday, Sunday week, I will be celebrating 28 years here as your pastor, uh, but after today, that may be it. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 32. I'm going to be reading verses 15 through 17. In this passage, and I'm not going to read all of it, but just three verses. In this passage, Moses had been up on the mountain with the Lord and uh, had received the Ten Commandments, and he was coming back down with those two tablets of stone written on both sides. And then he picked up Joshua, uh, who would succeed him as he came down off the mountain, and that brings us up to verse 15. It says, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and two tablets of the testimony were in his hands. The tablets were written on both their sides. On, on the one side and on the other side were they written. And the tablets, tables, <coughs> were the work of God, <coughs> and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And I wanted to pick up on that, the noise of war in the camp. Now, as I said, I think I said it, this is kind of controversial in our day and time. Nobody is saying it, but there is a noise of war in this country. I don't know if I have ever seen America so divided as it is today. And I'd been thinking a long time that it looks like with everything that's going on from both sides that we're going to have a war. Now, I don't necessarily mean a shooting match, you know, with guns and things, but uh, our, our, in our nation's history, uh, we had a civil war. Now, if history repeats itself, and surely it does, and it looks that way, it could happen again. And, but this time, I'm not talking about a war between the North and the South. So don't any of you Northern folks get up and leave. We love you. We appreciate you. But uh, against the uh, conservative and the liberals, there could be a war. And it looks like it could happen. I hope. Now, I don't know if you believe in the rapture of the church or not, but I do. I believe that Jesus is coming back, and He's going to call us 
like he did with John on the Isle of Patmos and say, come up hither, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up. That word caught up, it means rapture. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so I'm hoping that this war will not transpire until the church is gone. But I've been saying for a while that if America keeps on going the direction, the political direction and the moral direction that we're on the pathway to now, America is going to fall. And it's already gone a long way. Some of you have been here as long as I have and a few maybe longer. Larry there, I think, and John. <laughs> but, uh, but we've seen a lot of changes in America uh, over the years. Uh, it's got to the point that even a newscaster says we need to dial back uh, on our temperament. Now... The politicians are not going to blame themselves. Oh no, they're not going to blame them. They're going to blame us, the people, and especially preachers. They're not going to take the blame. kind of reminds me when old Ahab met Elijah. Uh, he said, are you the one that is troubling Israel? And I'm, 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 I'm quoting this, or... or translating it my way, he said, no, it's not me that's troubling Israel, but it's you stinking politicians that's troubling Israel. He says, it's you and your fathers that have troubled Israel. Elijah's name meant Jehovah is my God. And Elijah, of course, was a prophet. He later on called all of the prophets of Baal that Ahab was responsible for. He married a lady named Jezebel. She even had Baal in her name, Jezebel. And she worshipped Baal. And she came to Israel. And by the way, fellas, don't ever marry a lady named Jezebel, okay? She came to Israel and drew the people away from God and to Baal. And even Ahab supported that ridiculous idea. God had done so much for Israel and has done and is doing so much for Israel right now. And He's done so much for America. Isn't it a foolish thing to turn away from the God that has put food in your mouth and clothes on your back and a roof over your head and giving you a freedom like no other people in the world. Isn't it a foolish thing to turn away from Him and to go to something else? They, uh, part of Baal worship was to sacrifice their children. You say, well, we don't do that in this country. Oh, yes, we do. Look around you today. Where's all of our young people? They're being sacrificed. I don't mean literally killed, but they're being deprived from what they could get from God by sacrificing them to sports. Sunday sports I'm talking about. Or fishing. Or hunting. Do I need to duck? 
Anybody bring any tomatoes with them? All right, we sacrifice children. We sure do. We keep them away from God's house when that's where they ought to be. I mean, you know, you got five or six, you get actually six more days in the week than, than uh, the Lord's Day. And they could do all those things on those days. But, but no, we sacrifice them to different things. And uh, so, Olahab was blaming Elijah for troubling Israel. And he says, it's not, not me, it's you and your father. Now, there are three main things, and I know there were other things, but three main things that caused the uh, Civil War, the first Civil War. One of them was high taxes. Uh, when Abraham Lincoln was elected, uh, they voted in high taxes. I think it was something like 40%. And the ones that were depending on farming for a living were taxed too high. They could not pay those taxes and feed their family at the same time. And so they were rebelling against high taxes. Uh, that's a pretty good thing to rebel against, isn't it? <laughs> I know we need taxes, but, but high taxes is a ridiculous thing. When you look at the way our tax money is spent, uh, it's hard to make a living today. You have to work. I used to know, I don't know how many months you have to work just to pay all of your taxes, you know, state, federal, local, sales tax, uh, automobile licenses, uh, your driver's license, your property taxes. You have to work so many months just to, before you start earning any money for yourself. And it does irritate me when I see the places that our tax money is spent. But I believe that back then and now, it, it's uh, the politicians want a society who have to depend on the government to feed their family. And there's a bunch of men that are so sorry and lazy that they won't work. I told you this is controversial. <laughs> Now, I'm not talking about handicapped or disabled, but there are a lot of able-bodied men who are too sorry to work and feed their family, but the government will just hand it out. They become slaves to the government. They want that. They want you to depend on them uh, uh, for your living. Now, I'm, uh, let me tell you before I go any further, I have people all the time say, well, you don't pay taxes, do you? You're a preacher. Yes, I do. I've always paid taxes, and I still pay taxes every year, and, uh, and so that gives me the right to say whatever I want to say, okay? <laughs> I pay taxes. I file every year. So t high taxes was one of the things that caused uh, or brought on the Civil War. And then the next thing, of course, was slavery. And it's wrong, you know, to ship people in here, and that's what they did from other countries, and then they, they put them on the, the block to sell like dogs. That's wrong. 
it's still wrong. And then, of course, states' rights. Uh, I live in Florida. And if something happens in Florida that I don't like, I got a right to move. I don't want to move, but I, got, I have that right. I'm grateful that in Florida we don't have a state income tax, and so I live here. And then it's a little warmer here than it is way up north, and that's another reason that I live here. But, but uh, they wanted to strip the states of their rights, and just the federal government thought it'd be a great thing if they could just rule the whole shooting match without any state's rights. And, uh, and so there was the Civil War. People rebelled against it. Now there's three things that I see on the horizon that will bring war and divide America. And one of them is racism. You know, it's we're we're debating on what life matters. You know, black lives matter, white lives matter, blue lives matter. No matter what color a person is, their life matters. Uh, Hillary Clinton was speaking at uh, I think it was Missouri. And she said, all lives matter. And some of them got mad because she said that, and she had to go back and apologize. It's a good thing it wasn't me. They would not have got a, an apology. And by the way, that includes the unborn that are in a mama's womb. No matter what color they are, their lives matter. God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And it is a sacred thing. But we've lost that. Uh, they'll shoot you in restaurants. They'll shoot you in a movie theater. Uh, wherever you pull up to a red light. And if they're mad at you because you're driving a Ford, <laughs> they may shoot you. <laughs> But, but all all lives matter. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of the old song that we used to sing in Sunday school. It said, "Red and yellow, black and, black and white, they are precious in His sight." I I didn't elect to be born white. You know, I didn't have any choice. I was just born white. If you were born black, you didn't elect to do that. If you're an Indian or whatever you might be. That wasn't your choice. But God made you that way. And your life is precious. All lives are precious in His sight. Uh, but today we see rioting and looting. Uh, businesses burned over race. One uh, journalist said the greatest terror threat is white men. He should have been fired and would have been fired if I'd have been over him for saying such a thing. Uh, businesses don't hire anymore based on qualifications. They hire based on your race. 
one fellow said that he, he had a daughter who was getting ready to have a, quite an expensive surgery done. And he went to the hospital to make arrangements for the payment and negotiate the price. And he said the little black lady was very professional, very courteous. But she got asking him questions. She said, Sir, uh, uh, are both of you white? And he said, Well, yes, ma'am, we are. But why would you ask? And she said, Because if your daughter had at least one black parent, I could give her give you a break. And then she said, Well, let me ask you this: Are you married or just living together? He said, Well, we're married, but why? Why do you want to know? And she said, because if you were just living the back together, I could give you a break. And then she said, well, let me ask you this. Are you both citizens of the United States or are you? did you migrate here from somewhere else? And he said, no, we're, we're both citizens. Why? She said, because if you were an alien, I could give you a break. And he said, you mean to tell me that because we're white and because we're married and because we're citizens of the United States that we have to pay full price? And she said, yes, sir. She said, I'm sorry, but that's just the way the system is set up. And he said, well, ma'am, your system stinks. It ought to be the same whether you're married or whether you're single or whether you're an illegal alien or, or a citizen of the United States or no matter what color you are, it ought to be the same. Now that's racism. I know it's not the way the politicians define racism, but that's, you know, they're not up here preaching, I am, so I have the right to, to classify it. Uh, like I want to. We pay, someone told me, $3,800 a month to migrants who come here illegally to feed them, clothe them, put a shelter over their head, send their children to school. $3,800 a month. Do you know how much the average retiree who has paid into the system earns? It ain't $3,800. Maybe twelve to fourteen, or even even a veteran uh, don't get that much. <laughs> uh, they they uh, they earn or not earn, but they're given three times as much as a retiree. As I said, I don't I didn't choose to be white, whatever color. God has made us that color. Let me tell you something. If I was in the ocean, and I won't get in there, that water's too cold anymore. But if I was in there and I was drowning, and a lifeguard came out to save me, I wouldn't care if he was pink, purple, blue, yellow, black, whatever color he was. I wouldn't send him back and say, Oh, no, no, you're not taking me in. You go send that white guy after me. I would let him take me. And then, not only 
are we divided over race, but the right to bear arms. They're, they want to disarm the citizens. They want to abolish the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Why? So that we would have no way of protecting ourselves when they started forcing different things on you. We can't, or they can't, remove guns just because someone abused one any more than they could come and say, okay, everybody's got to turn in their automobiles because somebody went through town speeding. Same thing. They want that Second Amendment removed. You know, someone, someone said a few years ago, the you got to watch those conservatives. They cling to their God and cling to their guns. Amen. Well, I want to tell you something. Yeah, I cling to my God and you can't get Him out of my heart. Amen. And I cling to my gun and you ain't going to get it out of my hand. Amen. Pardon my grammar, I, you know, ain't. I think that's a word now. It means I'm not. I'm not going to get it out of my hand. But but anyway, when I get excited, I revert back to my childhood, you know, ain't. But but we have that right to bear arms. And I know people do abuse that, but people abuse a lot of other things besides just arms. But when somebody abuses it, don't come asking me for my gun because I haven't abused it. And don't plan to. Have no intentions to. But uh, that's one of the things I believe that's going to get uh, bring us back to that war. And then the third thing is religious liberty. Religious liberty. The, the First Amendment. The freedom of speech. They, the politicians want to pass laws. The liberals, I should say. To make churches conform to their belief. And the homosexuals and the transgenders and the uh, lesbians, they're, they're behind it. They're pushing it. Pushing that legislature. They don't want the church preaching. Well, really, they don't want the church preaching the Bible. They don't want the church standing up and, and you know, we're all like that in a little bit, in a sense. We don't want the preacher preaching against our sin. But if you start in Genesis and go to Revelation, you're going to find it's going to hit you upside the head every now and then. I don't care how good a person you are or what your sin is. Uh, if we're commissioned to preach the Word, to be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, with all long suffering and doctrine, he said, because the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and shall be turned unto fables. There was a few years ago uh, in, I think it was Houston, Texas, 
where the mayor got mad over a sermon that a preacher had preached, and I, I don't know all the details, but she got mad about it, and she told him that she wanted him to start bringing him, bringing her his outlines every Sunday so that she could approve it or disapprove it. Now just pardon my grammar again, but those idiots think that they have the authority to tell me what I can preach and what I cannot preach and how I am to interpret God's Word by their standards. And if I preach it as it is written, then that's hate speech. Pardon my grammar again. No, it ain't. That's not hate speech. That's love speech. <laughs> to get you to turn, get you to see your ways and turn to the Lord. And then I think not long after she did that, there was another city in Texas that tried to pull the same thing. Uh, I'm just telling you that the church needs to wake up. We need to wake up. Preachers need to wake up. We, we need to, if God says preach the Word, then that's what we need to do. If the world says, no, don't do that, then you ought to obey the Lord at all costs, no matter what it costs. Uh, if the Lord don't come soon and take the church out of here, and we do reach what I'm talking about, uh, your pastor may be put in jail. But if I do, if I do get put in jail for preaching the Bible, Amen. then I'm going to do the same thing in jail. Amen. You know, like Paul and Silas. At midnight they sang songs, and they began to pray. They took the Word of God to jail with them. They took preaching and praying and singing to jail with them. I, I think I said earlier that Elijah means Jehovah is my God. Elijah stood up against Baal worship. They were sacrificing Baal, uh, children to appease Baal. In fact, I, I like Elijah's. He went, when he went to Ahab, he said, it's not going to rain anymore until I say it rains. And you know what's so precious about that is that they believed that Baal was the one that sent the rain. They thought that they could see Baal in the lightning bolts and that he was going to bless them with rain. And if they didn't get any, then they would start sacrificing children to an angry God. That's the craziest thing ever, especially for the nation of Israel. But I see the same, almost the same thing here in America. Let me say again, church, wake up. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Amen. Lift high His royal banner. It must not. Suffer loss. Now I'm not telling you to be mean. I'm telling you to be compassionate. 
but be a God-fearing, Bible-clinging, gun-toting, if you must, <laughs> child of God. Now, I know I haven't preached a sermon today that, you know, I know it wasn't evangelistic, but I felt like it needed to be said. Amen. Because, pardon my grammar again, ain't nobody else saying it. You won't, you won't hear this at the big church in New York City or wherever you might, New York City, <laughs> wherever, you, wherever you might go. If you're from New York, don't take offense to that. But I'm just going to uh, ask you today as we sing a closing hymn, even though this wasn't evangelistic, of course, the, the altar is always here for those that don't know Christ as their Savior. But I want you to examine your heart. Amen. What would you do? Wh whose side would you be on if our world comes to what I'm talking about, a war between right and wrong, between conservatives and liberals? Where would you be? Are you awake? Would you stand for God at all costs? And it may cost you something, but would you do that? Just examine your heart as we stand and sing. Hymn number 120. Number 120. me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by, Savior, Savior, my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Let me at a throne of mercy find a sweet Contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on other thou art calling, do me by. Okay, God bless you. Appreciate your attendance this morning. We invite you back to the services this evening at 6 o'clock.